Forgiveness is maybe the central virtue that God calls us to cultivate as Christians in following Jesus. It's a major, major aspect of the Christian life, and it's even a central aspect of the Our Father prayer itself. And so the one prayer that Jesus specifically teaches us how to pray verbatim, forgiveness of God towards us and us towards others is a central piece of it. And so Jesus illustrates that in today's parable. And today's parable is, um, even when we say the Our Father regularly, the Our Father, the, the, the words, um, those who trespass against us, those who are indebted to us, um, is, is the same word here, which kind of alludes to this particular parable of, of being in debt. And so I'd just like to take a closer look at this parable and kind of the three major aspects of it. The first part where the king summons the wicked servant who eventually goes on to choke his fellow servant. The, the movement between the wicked servant and then his servant, his fellow servant. And then what the king does to the wicked servant. And so, start off hearing about the wicked servant's debt to the king. And it's actually a really big understatement in this passage. We have the number, the specific number, that this person, that this servant, the wicked servant, is in debt to the king. And it turns out to be an enormous sum. It's 150 years worth of work. So this wicked servant would literally have to work 150 years to pay off this debt to the king. So it's, it's pretty much an impossible debt to pay back. There's no chance whatsoever. And I think this represents, for us as human beings, the king obviously represents God here, the enormous debt we have to God. And so it helps put a context on us forgiving and how absurd forgiveness is. Because everything we have as human beings to begin with comes from God. Everything. Our very existence, us being here, us existing, being born, all the intelligence that everyone in this room has, all the physical attributes that we have, our health, our jobs, our relationships that make life so good, our relationship with God, the community and places that we live, we don't deserve anything. We were not the cause of any of these things. This all comes from God and His goodness. And God loves us so much that He created us and brought us into existence. And we are eternally in debt to God for bringing us into existence 
let alone all the other ways that he loves us on a daily basis. Another reason we're in debt to God is because he's given us all these things and on a very regular basis, even though he deserves our full affection and fidelity, we break the central commandments and laws that he's given us. So God has given us a law, for our own good, actually. And, of course, we as human beings in our fallen nature, regularly, with our own will, which we do have control over, to a certain extent, we walk against God's law, the law that he's revealed to us. We're very oftentimes, all of us, indifferent to God. We turn away from him. And so this is, of course, why... Jesus came was was to um, was to help pay the debt in some regards. Now, that's not perfect theology right there, but Jesus came to save us because of this, and we are we are indebted because of our sins. When we repent, like the wicked servant did in the beginning, he falls on his knees and he says, please just have mercy on me and my family. God does for us regularly. Listen to the parable as it goes on. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage and said, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the entire loan. Don't even have to pay back anything. It's completely forgiven. And so, when the servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. Now, you remember I said it would take 150 years for this guy to pay off the king. Well, the fellow servant who owes the wicked servant, it's 100 days worth of wages that he owes him. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a third of a year of work, but it's not over the top. It's a significant amount, but it's, it's very much payable, or being, it's capable of being paid back. And so, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 days' wages. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. That's what debtor's prison is. That was a thing in the ancient world. For minor offenses, financial offenses, you would go in prison until one of your family members bailed you out. Then in his anger, his master handed him over to the torturers, and this is the king, until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each one of you forgives your brother from his heart. And so Jesus is putting these two images together to help us to see the absurdity of us not forgiving the fellow servants, our people in our lives. What Jesus is basically saying is, look, you have absolutely no right to not forgive. 
In fact, if you go the route of not forgiving, it will lead you directly to hell. If we do not forgive, that will hold us back from heaven. The parable in in today's gospel is is clearly a wake-up call that Jesus is, is trying to wake us up. Look how good I am. Look how good the mercy of God is. And my mercy is always there for you. But it's a two-way street. As I'm forgiving you, you have to forgive whoever has offended you. This is really, really tough stuff that should not be understated. And I don't mean to understate how difficult forgiveness is. Especially those deep relationships um, I'm sure many of us have experienced. People who really should be the ones who are, we're the closest with. This, this especially happens with family, it seems to me. Family and spouses. Is we are offended and people do horrible, horrible, horrible things in darkness to us and it's hard to forgive it's hard to let go of that debt it's very difficult and one piece of practical advice I would say is you know we don't necessarily have to have our emotions fixed in some way where we feel a great deal of affection for that person that we forgive. All God wants from us is our will. And that's all we can give Him. We don't really have control over our emotions a lot of times and how we look at people, but we do have control over our will. That's something that God has given us autonomy over to a certain extent. And even then, with our will, still difficult to forgive, but we ask Jesus to help us to forgive. And we remember that incredible image, maybe the most powerful image in the crucifixion itself. When he's on the cross, people are spitting at him, people are cursing him, they're torturing him. The very people that he's trying to save are doing this to him. And he utters these words from the depths of his own sacred heart. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is a way that Jesus wants all of us to be conformed to him. It's a way that will make us saints by practicing this on a daily basis with Jesus, saying those words as a prayer, And one way that we can concretely know that we're forgiving a person is if we're praying for them. When we're praying for the person who's done wrong for us on a regular basis. And so remember how this parable started. Peter came up to Jesus and he says, Master, how many times do I have to forgive my brother seven times? And Jesus, of course, says seven times seven or seven times seventy-seven. And This may literally be the case for many of us. So 
this, this is very, very difficult when we have these grudges or these people that we hold in our hearts unforgiveness for. They might come to our minds or our hearts in, in waves where we can't stop thinking about what they've done to us and it just makes us so angry and it kind of works us up and, and kind of gets spinned out. And we were called to forgive them from our hearts, like Jesus says, by praying for them. And so we might literally 77 times a day be praying for this person as they're coming into our heart. As we're doing that, we are becoming saints and we're becoming like Jesus. Jesus, give us the strength and the grace to forgive and not hold on to grudges. Help us daily, at the end of the day, to not have a single person as we lay our heads down to sleep whom we have unforgiveness for. Help cultivate the virtue of unforgiveness in our hearts so that we're able to stay connected to you and connected with the Father who regularly forgive us. We ask you for strength, Lord, through Christ our Lord. Amen.